Well, welcome to Tea Time with Miss Liz. That's right, it's launch time. It is January 13th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I am back. This year, I am back with education, bringing educational awareness to incredible topics that need to be spoken on. I do have a disclaimer, so I will get into that, and then I will bring in my incredible guest that is joining me today. So the disclaimer that I have, disclaimer for Miss Liz is Tea Time's live shows. I am going live and using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that content brought forward for any of these Tea Time shows hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith, however, may bring forth dialogue and opinions that are not representative of her platform. The fate and information are perceived to be accurate at the given time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participation are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussions for some somewhere they may be emotional at risk. There may be tr trigger warnings. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about this disclaimer or of the, any of the panelists discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in this show in any aspect, Miss Liz welcomes you. Should you decide that the show is not for you at this time, she, I respect that and that is your choice and I welcome you back to join me at a later time. So I wanna thank you all for joining me today on Tea Time. Today is launch day and I'm gonna bring in my guest. I'm just gonna grab him here. He's in the back of the studio, patiently waiting. Welcome, welcome. So in the studio today, I have the incredible Matt Sinkovitz. That's right. Right? I got it right. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to read just a little bit on his bio, and then he's going to get into what porn to purpose is all about and making peace with porn. So it will be a show that may trigger some. So please, again, I advise you, if this is going to trigger you in any way, I ask you not to tune into this show. And if it helps you in any way or you feel that you this show has any purpose to you, please tune in and share it with someone who could relate to this matter. So Matt Sinkovich has been a practic practic practitioner and teacher of personal and spiritual development for over a decade. An avid student of mindfulness and meditation, Matt graduated from the Blue Mountain School of Mindfulness Arts Sem Seminary Program in May 2018 with a master's in Buddhist ministry and was ordained Osh Asha priest in May 2019. In this, 
capacity he has now serviced as a as a spiritual uh, he has now serviced as a spiritual guide and interfaith chaplain chaplain in prisons and hospitals matt began his studies in buddhism and new thought as a young adult seeking resolution of his own personal life dilemma dilemma overcoming his 20 years plus compulsive relationship with porn matt has inspired to share his journey and support other men in their path to liberation through his online facebook support community porn to purpose matt currently runs the 90-day liberation boot camp as well as a seven-day porn aspartine Aspen Aspen's challenge. Matt is passionate about the community commitment to support commit, committed fathers and husbands in ending their toxic relationships with porn so they can re, re I'm going to have trouble with this word. Reignite. Reignite. <laughs> um, that passion in their relationships and be better role models to their children. So again, welcome Matt. And thank you so much for coming on Tea Time. It is an honor to have you here with me today. So I'm just gonna get into it. I've rambled on enough. I'm gonna sit back and enjoy my cup of tea here and get you to share a little bit on your journey and what porn to purpose is and how you made peace with porn. Sure. Uh, thanks Liz very much for having me on today. I really uh, like your intro that you had going there. That was cool. Oh, and, and and your your little your little musical intro there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so my name is Matt Sinkovitz, and I'm the founder and uh, primary coach at uh, the Porn to Purpose Men's Coaching Community. <clears throat> and um, so I'm a men's coach. I also run the Porn to Purpose uh, Men's Facebook Community, which is a private community of uh, just about 900 men from around the world that. Um, you know, it's a community of men that have come together to uproot and, and resolve their relationship with porn and, and, and get it behind them for good. Um, you know, maybe we maybe during today's conversation, we'll get more into kind of my history and, and, and my path and how I got here and everything like that. But that's primarily what I'm out here to do is, is to serve men who have identified that pornography is unhealthy for them and they'd like to remove it from their lives. And um, that's the work that we do. So, so what was it that got you to know that there was a problem, Matt? For me, you know, porn is one of those things that I don't just um, say it's necessarily bad across the board for everybody. You know, some people can have, they seem to be able to maintain a healthy relationship with it. I, I run into a lot of guys who are like, I never have looked at porn, which is always really interesting to me. I thought I thought most guys had. <laughs> um, but so, so a lot of people have either never, there are many people, I guess I should say, who have either never looked at it or they, they look at it just once in a while and it's not a problem for them. But for some people, just like, you know, the same way for some people, alcohol, you know, some people can have a couple beers on the weekend and it's not a problem. But for some people, one sip of alcohol turns really toxic. Um, some people have that uh, a similar type relationship with, with pornography, with sex, um, addictive kind of compulsive um, relationship with it. And, and that was the case with me. You know, porn was something that came into my life in my adolescence, you know, 10, 11, 12, probably somewhere in, in, in there. And it was something that was with me for, you know, uh, 20 plus years up into my 20s and even into my 30s. Um, and it was something that for me, I recognized as something that was not healthy for me, something that was compulsive and addictive, something that did have a, 
adverse effect on my life and the different key areas of my life. And it was something I decided to um, remove from my life, but I was not successful on my own. You know, so I ended up um, hiring a coach and getting into a, a program and, and doing the work around it that way. But just to answer your question, you know, I, I recognize it was a problem for me because it was having a harmful impact on on, on my life in, in many ways. So did you notice that there was an increase of watching it uh, or like did it cause like different mental stableness and like work relates or? Like relationships or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it affected my relationships, um, you know, social and intimate. It affected my um, my spiritual life. I felt it was a spiritual ceiling of sorts. Um, I felt it it, it uh, inhibited me from connecting to my purpose and the work that I felt to be, you know, felt called to be doing, which kind of speaks to our name, Porn to Purpose. Um, it affected me energetically, physically. Um, it affected me at work and my productivity. Um and you know the momentum in my life so yeah it was affecting every key domain of my life and it was something that you know i i think with like with anything you know it's like of course we desire perfection but there's this thing it's really about the the growth journey so for me it was something that probably increased over time in my life there, i'm sure there was a peak period where it was very very regular maybe every day or several times a day and then it began to diminish and it just becomes a less and less a part of your life and a less and less a a, a part of who you are. So yeah, it, it, it was definitely something that, that increased in, in, in regularity and um, also the, the extreme natures of the genres, which is very common. So you had mentioned something a few minutes ago, you thought that all guys watch porn. <laughs> I, I thought all, all guys watch porn too. So that I, I like that you brought that up. But do you feel that porn was like an educator for men on how sex should be? Because I'm getting that a lot from the research that I've been doing since we've talked. I, I've done some uh, research and it, a lot of men use it as an educator. Yeah, it, it's one of those things, Liz, I think for a, a lot of people, especially today, you know, uh, we're seeing that kids are getting their hands on earlier and earlier with access to the internet and access to phones. And we are seeing it really does skew the way um, in which uh, people, both men and women, boys and girls, view porn and also the expectations around porn. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely. It's I think it's educating people. And even if you're not a kid, there's a lot of comparison that goes on around pornography. So men see what's going on in, in you know, pornography, and uh, they're comparing either what you know their performance or what their body or what their anatomy should should look like. Or also, I think one of the most detrimental things is is how the women should be performing and what the expectations of women are because of yeah the, the training and and um, how they're being um, kind of developed through regular use of pornography. I like that you mentioned that that it kind of makes the man think that this is how the woman should perform, you know, right. and then the women feel like they're not good enough, you know, their their self-esteem goes down, okay, I can't please him because this is what he wants, this is what he sees, but it's also a fantasy, right? Like right. it's it's like watching a movie. What's mm -hmm. in the movie is not what real life is, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I think that's where that's where that disconnect comes in. And that and right. I really like that you've you've brought in the title porn to purpose because there is a purpose for porn, you know, because a healthy mindset, sexuality is part of 
of your mindset. So it is part of your healthy mental health as well as healthy sex life, you know? Um, so the point of purpose, like when I heard, when I heard the title purpose, I was like, how could that be, you know, a purpose to porn, you know, mm -hmm. but then you got deeper into it and you said making peace with porn. Yeah. And you can make peace with it as, as a man and as a woman as well, because there are some women out there as well that have addictions to porn, you know, and, and, and that. So, but you're a man. So I see why you're relating with the male, with the male side. Right. But would you be open in the future for females? I would be, you know, I mean, I, I, I dug in around the conversation regarding to the, regarding the men, just because that was the journey that I was familiar with, you know? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I think, I think if, if, you know, I think if, if, if we open up to that sort of thing, I think it's important to make sure that you can do it service, you know, and, and really do it justice and serve, you know, the person who's seeking help from you. There probably are people out there that specialize in pornography addiction for women. I'm not sure if that's women or if there's men that specialize in it, but I would be open to it, but I, I think I'd really want to make sure I really felt I could be of, of service and support. Again, not being quite familiar with, with the female experience. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that because you're, you're a male. So, you know, the, right. but I just wanted to see if that would be an open option in the future, mm -hmm. because there are women out there that has that addiction as well. Very much so. So I don't want this to only be based on, it is only males that, suffer from addiction of porn there are mm -hmm. females out there as well right uh, so uh you do have a 10-day boot camp could you share a little bit on that boot camp and why you created that boot camp mm -hmm. well well there's two separate things there is the 90-day liberation boot camp which is our 90-day program that we put men come that we put men through that come uh, into our coaching community as clients so it's a very comprehensive uh, approach to helping them resolve their their relationship with pornography long-term really get to the root of that relationship with porn and do the healing that that may be need to be done there around early childhood traumas or whatever's going on there. So we take a deep look at the, at that root relationship with pornography and, and work to resolve that for good. But we also really help the man connect with, you know, uh, a healthy way of living, you know, helping him connect to his sense of purpose and his higher calling in life and, you know, the way in which he's called to leave and to serve, um, and that connecting to that, that, that greater sense of responsibility in life is really a big piece of the long-term abstinence puzzle, you know, um, because, you know, triggers continue to come up, you know, I think they do diminish, um, as, as we continue on in our, in our passion, we get better at dealing with them. But I think it's one of these things that it's really important to be mindful of maybe for the long term. So connecting to that greater vision or that greater why, or that greater sense of purpose for life is really important. So that's the liberation boot camp. That's our Kind of our paid program for members that come in but then we also run we have a, a free support group it's called uh, porn to purpose as well and it is the seven day porn abstinence challenge we actually just got done running one last week we run that about quarterly in our group and we take we challenge men to seven days abstinence from porn men come into our community from around the world and they make a, a commitment video right inside the community to seven days of abstinence and then i do daily live training uh inside the group really giving them a lot of the, the fundamental stuff that we're giving them inside the liberation boot camp, and, and give them some of the foundation for long term freedom in this work as well. So that's the seven day porn abstinence challenge. Well, that, that's pretty cool. Yep. Like, and, and, and I like the words that you that, you know, the, the trauma, the triggers, uh, you know, uh, 
for yourself, Matt, was it a trauma that created the porn addiction for you or? I don't know. For, for me, I don't think it was a trauma as much as, you know, for me, I was, uh, I grew up in the Christian church okay, and I grew up in a, in a good, healthy home. You know, I, I, every home has its stuff, you know, um, it's dysfunction, but I, I, I think generally speaking, I grew up in a good, healthy home, but yeah, I grew up in a really, a really kind of more rigid Christian environment. And the conversation around sex was not that regular. You know, I didn't really feel very comfortable around my sexuality as a kid or exploring it or asking questions. If it did come up, it felt awkward, you know, for, for me as a kid. So I think pornography for me was a way to um, explore my own sexuality and, and kind of explore that, that aspect of me um, as a kid. And I was also kind of a, like a shy kid and I wasn't really good with, with girls or, you know, uh, w- with that sort of thing as a kid. So I think for me, it was also a way to to connect, you know, in a sense, connect with my sexuality, express my sexuality and, and explore, you know, that side of me um, from the comfort and safety of my bedroom, maybe, you know. So are you, are you finding out through these programs that you're doing, uh, Matt, is it trauma related for most cases? I wouldn't say most cases, but very often there is early childhood trauma. And I think, you know, I think trauma could, could come in many forms, Liz, you know, it's yes. like, you know, it, it could come in, in the form of molestation, yeah. you know what I mean? Which, which is, which, which is something that I, I see many men dealing with, but it also could come in the form of a, a trauma from maybe a, a, an alcoholic father, you know, or, or um, a, a father who was not emotionally present in the home, you know what I mean? Or maybe there was violence in the home, but maybe it wasn't even directly, you know, or, uh, directed at the, at the kid, but he used pornography to feel safe in, in, in his home, you know? So I think trauma can come in many forms, maybe some more um, apparent um, or, or extreme than others. But oftentimes there is some kind of early childhood trauma or something that, that kind of triggered us to begin using porn to, to comfort ourselves and, and, and using sex, you know, to comfort ourselves and, and to deal with life. Now, with porn to purpose, do you guys use the word sex or do you use the word porn? Um, in porn to purpose, we do really focus on the pornography conversation, but we do recognize that, you know, a porn addiction is just a branch of sex addiction, you know? So many of our guys that are dealing with porn are not just dealing with that. They're dealing with, you know, infidelity within the relationship or, you know, prostitution or whatever, you know, phone yeah. sex. There's a lot of different. Uh, manifestations of that, you know, but we do focus mostly on the porn uh, topic in our, in our conversation. Well, and it's important that we, we get that message out there, you know, because there is a difference, you know, we need, we need to educate. And again, we're not, we're not telling you how to, how to determine if you are have an addiction or not. We are only here to give you awareness and Matt is only sharing his personal story and his personal programs that he has out there. What age were you, Matt, when you first watched porn? Yeah, I think, man, I I, I think Liz is pretty, pretty typical, probably 13, you know, 14. I I remember like a couple, yeah, definitely a teenager. I remember a couple instances. I'm not sure exactly what the first one was or when the first time I might, say I was exposed to pornography versus maybe just seeing something on TV. But I think probably 12, 13 is my guess, Liz. Okay. Yeah. 
So as a child, did, did, did you think that it was normal or did you, like, did it increase as you got older or? Was I don't know if I thought it was normal, but I definitely liked it. It was exciting and, it, and intriguing, you know, as, as a kid, it's really fascinating and quite, um, quite, what would be a good word? Like, um, you know, intoxicating and, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's exciting as a kid. So get that high, right? Yeah. You get that high and it's got this kind of allure to it, you know, and, um, you're not supposed to be doing it, you know, so there's that element of it as well. So it's really, well, I think, uh, I think that's where the, that high comes from, right? Matt is we're not supposed to be doing it, but we still do it. Right. Like, yeah, I think that the high also comes from the dopamine that we receive, you yeah. know, as, as a result of that exposure. So how long have you been free of porn? I began my journey back in June of 2019 was whenever I went and, and really uh, decided that, you know, I needed to work with somebody, hire a coach and um, really dig in and, and, and resolve this at a much deeper level for myself. So it's still brand new for you, right? Well, yeah, it's, um, it's, I'm, I'm certainly newer in the, in the journey. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what resources did you turn to for, for help? Um, for me, Liz, it was um, a, a group, a, a group coaching program okay. um, that I ended up uh, investing in. I was, uh, I'd, I'd been doing a lot of uh, coaching work and um, working with um, mentors and, you know, guides for, for many years. So for me, whenever I kind of identified this was something that I needed to resolve for myself, um, I just went to what I had always been doing. Whenever I had a specific problem, I hired a coach and got into community and accountability around it. Cool. So when I talked to you before before the show, I asked you for one word that describes you. And the one word that mm -hmm. you gave me was accountability. Mm -hmm. What does that word mean to you? Well, accountability speaks to, I think, integrity. You know, it speaks to, um, you know, doing what we say and saying what we do, you know, and um, being someone that, that abides by their word, you know, and, and, and honors their word, you know, and when we make commitments around something, we, we do our very best to, to show up and honor it, you know, and, and in our community, we say how I do anything is how I do everything, you know? So um, if I'm not showing up or if I'm not accountable in one area of my life, I'm likely to not be accountable in another area of my life. You know, Plus, so, taking responsibility, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and ownership, right? Because we we can't change anything until we own up and say, you know what, it's it's us too that needs to change, right? Yeah, full ownership, full responsibility, absolutely. So I think that's where the accountability comes in for you is you yep. know taking that responsibility and showing that it can be done. Yes. What message have you learned about yourself since you've? taking coaching and, and the resources to heal yourself? Mm, I think one of the biggest things I identified was, um, you know, it's that when we go to these addictive or compulsive behaviors, you, you know, no matter what it is, I think this is one of the biggest things. Oftentimes it's because we're tempted to meet other needs, you know, oftentimes when we go to porn or sex or cigarettes or alcohol or drugs or food, Sometimes it's to meet a direct need, right? Sometimes we go to food when we're, when we're hungry, but sometimes we're standing in front of the refrigerator at 12 o'clock at night and we're not hungry. We're just looking for something else, you know? And I used to smoke cigarettes and that was the same thing. A lot of times I was just smoking because 
Maybe I was feeling lonely. Maybe I was feeling bored. Maybe I was looking for some kind of connection. Maybe I was feeling anxious and stressed. And that was one of the biggest insights I had that I have been using porn in order to deal with certain needs, uh, certain emotions. I was using porn to, 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 to connect, to escape, you know, to feel good. And, you know, I think once I became more aware of the needs I was attempting to meet by using porn, I could then identify, okay, how can I begin to meet these needs in a healthier way, you know? And another piece of this is, you know, uh, pornography addiction, much like any addiction, is very emotionally driven, you know? We're experiencing this urge, this impulse, this energy that comes up in the body, and we need to do something with it. And something I've learned and, and continue to learn is that, you know, children run away from their emotions, you know? And, but, but I think we, as, as mature adults, um, we have the choice to actually learn to sit with our emotions, to be with our emotions. Just because I'm experiencing something doesn't mean I have to run away or, or release it. I can learn to be with it first and foremost and explore what's going on for me there and then learn to meet it in a healthier way. Well, and, and, and it's facing it, right? Facing yeah. that fear and yeah. saying, you know what, I, no matter how scared I am, I got to face this, right? Right. So, so did somebody tell you you needed help or did you find something click like a red flag go off and say, you know what, Matt, you need help with this right now? Um, no, there was not something I was like, I shared with anybody. It was very, uh, very private very journey. Yeah. For me, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple things that I offer whenever someone, uh, is trying to kind of gauge for themselves. Is this a problem for me? And I can share those with you if you like. Um, but for me, it just kind of became more and more apparent, especially as I continued to grow and grow in awareness and grow in consciousness that it was something that was unhealthy for me. It was something many times in my journey, I decided I was done with and I wanted to quit but continued to return to. And I kind of recognize like if I continue on this trajectory, I'm going to end up being an old man, you know what I mean? And not have this thing resolved. And I didn't, I didn't want that for myself. So for me, it was just, a, it was the point of like when the pain of, 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 you know, where you are is greater than the pain of making the change or let you know, however that, however that dynamic works, I yeah. forget exactly. Then you'll be in, you know, then you'll be uh, motivated enough to make the change, you know? And that's where I was. I was just, I was just tired of not, not being able to, I think, control myself and and really find resolution in it for myself. Well, I'd be I'd be honored to hear the, the what steps you took and how you mm -hmm. took them and all that. I, I'd really like to get into the journey of how you got to where you are and how you made peace with porn mm -hmm. because you're very very in you're very yeah uh, you feel relaxed now uh, at peace. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe making peace with porn has something to do with that. So if you could, it could share with the viewers and uh, the listeners out there, how did you find that peace, Matt? Yeah, well, I mean, the peace that I could say that I have in my life at this time, or the the peace that I've found with porn, I think, you know, I've been I've been on a very intentional personal and spiritual development, you know, journey for many years. I'm 38 years old now. I um, began, um, I think, really investing in coaches and mentors and really taking my, my personal and spiritual development seriously, like around age 25. So 13 years, I'd, I'd say I've been really intentional about this growth path. And, you know, it's been a personal growth path. It's been a mental growth path. It's been a physical growth path, but it's also been a spiritual growth path. Um, 
you know, so, so for me, I think that the piece that I have today is a result of my daily practices and the work that I've done um, on myself and, and really staying committed to the things that keep me grounded and, and powerful and in, uh, in a place of, of, you know, regular growth. Um, you know, so for me, I think it was a combination of um, the personal and spiritual development work and all the work I had done with the mentors. It was, it, it was the process of um, mindfulness and meditation, which around age 25, I've really dug into and ultimately went on to study with my teacher and, and become ordained as a, as a Buddhist minister. You know, so meditation and mindfulness and that spiritual work has, has been a very regular piece of my life. Also, digging in around uh, the work I did in the coaching organization and really getting to the root of my own relationship with pornography and, and figuring out what was really going on there, getting into community and accountability around it. All those things um, were a big piece of the puzzle. And, and I think at the end of the day, it, it was, it's, it's all been a result of the development of my own consciousness, you know, just kind of like recognizing that certain habits and behaviors are toxic and certain habits and behaviors do um, do pull us down and have energetic effects, you know? So for me, I think it was learning to, to see those things and learning, like learning to like, pull, like remove the weeds from the garden, so to speak, you know, and, and stop engaging in the things that disrupt my peace. You know? I like that you said that pulling the roots, right? Because when we, when we, when we had our one-on-one -on -one earlier, you had mentioned that pulling the weeds, and that and re, re replanting the seeds right and, yes. and that and and i can see the spiritual relationship because of your background and your history right mm -hmm. so now let's get into the tea what is your tea matt so if i give you the word t and i ask you for a word for each of the letters the tea what is yep. your t yes so the t for me um and it's past present future correct liz yeah. Okay. So the T for me, which would be my past is I think truth, you know? So for me, embracing the truth of my, my past, the truth of my history, the uh, the truth of who I am and, and bringing my truth to the world, you know, and, and, and sharing it with others and being as vulnerable as I can and open and authentic and transparent as I can around my journey, you know, to be of, of service and, and support to others. Also, you know, Seeking the truth. What is the truth? You know, um, yeah. So I think I think that would be my T. The E. I actually I actually made some modifications to this list since you and I. Oh, spoke I like modifications. Earlier. I like that. Yeah. So um, uh, for E, which which I guess is the present, I have evolution. You know, Ooh. evolution. I, I Just like that. Being in a constant state of growth and and evolving in mind and in body and in spirit. In the point of purpose community, we have this this process of conscious evolution, which we help our brothers engage in, you know? And it's like, you know, we have these older versions of us. And, you know, some people try and do abstinence from porn just by just saying, I'm just gonna quit, I'm just gonna stop. And that's what I used to try and do. But for me, I really found that as I kind of alluded to in some of my shares earlier today, that um, it really came for me as a result of like a shift in who I was, a shift in consciousness, a shift in identity. You know, so as we're intentional about our growth, as we're intentional about our evolution over time, at some point we, we turn around and we're no longer that old version of ourselves anymore, you know, as we're intentional about our, our daily growth in mind and in body and in spirit. So that's where I am today, E for evolution. And then A, uh, future, right? I have ascension. So my continual path upward of growth, you know, that being my trajectory, just continuing, just continuing to 
grow every single day and take another step every single day and um, realize, I think, more and more who and, and, and what I am every single day living out and, of that. And I, I honestly think back that you honestly gave me your life tea now. Because when we first talked, I don't think you were giving me your life tea. I, I, there was a, just a little, there was something there. But the evolution, I, I can see that because that's, this is exactly what you're doing right in the present is you, you are evolving. You are changing. You are bringing a change. So, you know, uh, a lot of people don't understand what evolution really is. And, and that's exactly what you're doing. And that's what I mean. You've, you seem lighter today than when I first, when we first talked and I think that's the piece of understanding that you're on this journey of changing, mm. you know, and, and evolving as you're sharing your story. Each time it'll get lighter and lighter and the piece will become lighter and lighter. It's, I don't know, there was just something different about you today than there was when we first had our one-on-one. And I, you seem a lot lighter today and a lot more at peace, if that Thank makes you, any sense. But you, yeah. yeah, so... I want to get into how we can get the education out there in a healthy way, because mm-hmm. porn is looked at as a negative thing. I've spoken to many males in the last few weeks in the time that we've joined, we set up your tea time. And a lot of them have been told that porn is bad or it's against a religion or it, it will cause uh, disruption or, you know, dis- distractions, uh, and, and take them off of what they're supposed to be doing. Do you feel that that has caused anything like that in your life and for others that you're coaching? Well, I wouldn't say it's necessary. I mean, I'm not sure if I would say it's necessarily bad. I think certain genres and certain stuff that goes on in pornography can be bad. Um, okay. For example, you know, um, taking advantage of, of a minor, someone under 18, or maybe someone who's engaging, you know, this, the sex trafficking conversation is really hot today. And we're seeing a lot of that. So, you know, if, 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 if someone's been manipulated or coerced, or they're engaging in this stuff against their, against their will, or, you know, whatever, they're being manipulated in some way, I think that could be bad, you know? Um, and, and I would also say that, um, it, it, it can be toxic for some people. Again, as I, as I mentioned, um, some some people maintain a healthy relationship with it, and for them, it's not a problem. Some couples incorporate it into their relationship. So I think pornography, as long as it's consenting adults and it's not causing harm to others, I think it could be okay. You know, so generally speaking, that's where I would stand. But I just recognize that some people um, have a tendency to toward addiction. Um, okay with it and compulsion. And it's just like the alcoholic trying to say, you know what, I'm just going to drink occasionally for some people. It just, that just doesn't work. And for some people like uh, a moderate relationship with porn just is, is not healthy. It, it creates too much damage upon consumption and it just leads to more and more, you know? So it's just like a healthy relationship. It's just not a, an option. I don't think, um, especially in today's world where the genres just grow and grow and they become more and more extreme it's like you just have to have more and more and more and need a, a harder hit and a harder hit um yeah so that's where i would stand I, I really do my best not to just judge it or judge everybody that uses it you know i just recognize that for some it really has some really damaging effects so do you have any affecting tips and tools on how to reach out for resources especially if it's a private journey right because you don't want to share it with your spouse or or your family. So for you, it was a private, a private journey. So 
is there ways of getting that into your lifestyle without people knowing, like going to a meeting or a coaching one-on-one without mm-hmm. a family member knowing or your spouse knowing? Uh, and like, how did you find ways of doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is very much a private journey and it's something that uh, most people deal with by themselves. There's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of shame around it. Um, so, you know, and then what's really tough is like when a husband, maybe his wife doesn't know, Oftentimes she probably does know, but it's not something they discuss, you know, I'm sure, you know, cause people know what's going on in their own home oftentimes and the behavior that comes with it. Um, you know, so, so people try and deal with it by themselves and, and that's one way to do it. You know, there are, there are anonymous groups out there like sex and love addicts anonymous and, or, or sex addicts anonymous, you know, there are different ways to engage in it. Like our community is a, is, is a private community. It is on Facebook, but only the members, that are are in in our group um can um see who's in it you know so so you can begin i think to do some more anonymous <clears throat> work around this okay. um but ultimately i think porn is one of those things that hides in the darkness it, it, th- it thrives in the darkness you know and ultimately one of the best things we can begin to do is connect with others and begin to share our journey with others and certainly those that are on the same path with us and, you know, you recommended what, what can someone begin to do? I think one of the best things someone can begin to do is just begin entering into community around this and begin to talk about it with others that are on the same path that, you know, in a safe, non-judgmental, loving space and um, getting into some, some forms of accountability around it, beginning to get some education around it and beginning to draw the lines like, wow, <clears throat> You know, some people kind of like aren't aware that they just they just they are not connecting the dots like so many of us do. Like, you know, pornography has its ways for men. You know, maybe you'll you'll use pornography during the day, you masturbate, right, and and you expel your sex energy, right, and then you get home and you're disinterested in connecting with your wife. You know, when she when she's ready to be intimate or wants to connect with you, you know, but oftentimes we don't kind of put two and two together. We don't see that porn is is affecting our sexuality or or intimate relationships you know or our sexual energy um so something we can also begin to do is just to i think begin to pay more attention to the way in which porn affects us and begin to kind of connect some of those dots i think getting into community and starting having conversations around this are a great way to begin to illuminate that for us i think that's right right like the open conversation of being comfortable talking about porn without having that negative feel to it right yeah, and, and that's something I would offer to the to the ladies out there who might be listening. You know, a lot of women uh, are either they don't get it, they don't understand why their husband can't just stop, and they also are some women are really just disturbed by what their husband or what 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 their husbands are watching. You know, so I think for a lot of and and maybe rightly so. You know, but for so I think a lot of men don't feel safe bringing it to their wife, bringing it to their partner. So I think. Um, I think uh, the best thing a, a, a woman or a partner might do if they suspect that that their um, partner is, is engaging in this or has an issue with this is is to really create a do your best to create a safe, loving, non-judgmental space for them to, to come and, and open up and to share and, and, and begin to explore it and, and do the work around it, not feel as though they have to hide it or have shame around it. Well, that's it, right? The shame and the guilt and the negative. Like when, yeah. when I was speaking with uh, other males about it, they were like, uh, well, Liz, that's what taught us how to have sex. And I was like, 
from different countries, different countries are not even allowed to speak or ask their parents about what sex is or what. So they turn to porn to educate themselves and they think that this is a healthy sex. Right. And and I think this is where we're, we're not doing the right, uh, the right teaching, you know, we're not teaching our children, right. By saying, you know what, don't talk to us about sex. Don't, I, I'd rather have an open conversation with my children knowing that they're having a healthy sex life than being afraid to say, you know what, mom, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, yes. And find out that if they could have came and talked to me openly, that they wouldn't suffer from this. Do you feel right. that not being able to speak to your parents about this, the porn addiction, do you feel that that had any impact on you? I think it probably did. You know, like I said, you know, my sexuality for me was something I didn't really feel comfortable talking about or exploring, certainly not with my parents as a kid, you know, so I kind of wonder, and that that's something I, I offer to parents as well is, you know, can you create an environment where sex doesn't feel like such a taboo subject in conversation? Like, can we help our kids explore their sexuality in healthy ways? Can we help them come to a place of acceptance around it and not feel like it's some weird, gross part of me that I'm not supposed to talk about or I'm going to get in trouble about, you know? So I think an integration, a healthy integration of our sexuality uh, is, is, is really important, you know, in terms of guiding, guiding the youth. Well, I think that's right. Like making that initiative and that openness and conversation with our children. I like, I don't want to know what they're doing in the bedroom, but I want right. to know that, they're, you know, it's pleasurable. It's not, uh, like a duty, like then, you know, I, I have to make love to my wife or I have right. to make love to my husband, you know, because that's unhealthy. You know, when you feel like you have to do it as a job, that's not healthy sex anymore. That's, right. you know, there, there's an issue there. So I have that open dialogue with my children. And I, sometimes I'm like, TMI, I don't need to hear that part, yeah. but I just want to know that you're okay. And that if, there is something that you can come and speak to me. Yep. So I think we need to have that open dialogue for children out there, you know? Really important. And, and what age do you think children should know about sexuality? You know, I, I think like like with so many things, I'm not sure if there's a clear line. I think, you know, I think I think I think a parent I think it's a parent's duty to probably gauge the maturity level, you know what I mean, of that kid and um, just kind of gauge if it's if if they feel the child is, is mature enough to be able to have that conversation. I think what I've seen in kind of like healthy homes is sex has always been like a regular part of the conversation. It wasn't something we had to, that people have to hide from or, you know, dodge around or mom and dad can be intimate in front of each other, you know, in front of the family. And like, there's that loving intimacy and connection. And if it comes up, it could be a normal, casual conversation. It doesn't have to be like an awkward conversation. So in terms of what age, who knows? But I think, I think it would be, the responsibility of the parent to kind of gauge the maturity level and when's the right time to have that. But maybe it's not like we have to have it at this time. Maybe it's something that could just be a normal part of, of life, you know? Well, it, it's, it's like you said, like, yeah, you know, Sunday dinners and we're not talking about what's going on in the bedroom, but we can actually have that conversation, you know, like, right. you know, uh, is there something changing in the body? Like, is there things, you know, there's other ways that we can, talk about sex but not in such a taboo way you know yeah. um or that stigma or that shame mm -hmm. uh, with school I, we have sexual uh, mm -hmm. sexual education how do you feel about that Matt? in schools yeah well i'm not sure what the current sex education uh 
looks like in schools. I know for me, it was like something that everybody laughed at and didn't really teach us much. Sex education in school was like an anatomy pretty much, you know? Yeah. Sex education, you know, sex education came through life experience and having to learn my own lessons for myself, you know? Yeah. I didn't really learn anything from sexual education right. either in school. It was kind of like the, the laughing class, right? Like, exactly. oh, we're just going to waste our time in this class. And, it, you know, and I didn't really feel that they had the resources or the tools or tips to give us, you know, that healthy right. conversation. And, and, and I think, I think a couple of things, important things parents could do is really like figure out how to be like that friend to your kids. Like, of course it's gotta be healthy. You know what I yeah. mean? Cause you've got to be able to lead them and guide them as well and give them structure, but help like be a friend to your kids. So that way, you know, it doesn't feel like it's like so weird. You know, oftentimes I think, we don't really feel like we know our parents or feel comfortable coming to our parents. You know, I, I experienced that in, in, in my journey as well. Um, so I think, I think that's such a big, and also, you know, if, if you want like, as if a parent is listening to this and they've got their own hang up sexually, well, of course you're not gonna be able to guide your own kids. You know what I mean? So exactly. I think, I think it's all of our responsibility to do our own work. So we're in a position to, to lead others, you know, especially our children. Well, especially right, we're 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 the parent. We we need to parent and educate our children. But if we're not healthy, how can we teach them healthy? Exactly, right? exactly. So you make a good point there because we can't teach healthy if we're not healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, we we can't teach them the proper way if we don't know the proper way because maybe we were never taught the proper way as well. You know, and not the proper way, but the good way. You know, they they're. There's no uh, perfection in sex. I think it's a learning, understanding of the body and knowing what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy and what is reality and what is fantasy because there's a big difference. And I think that's where a lot of people look at porn as negative because they, they say, well, you know what, that's just bad sex. That's just dirty sex, you know, where porn is actually enjoyable if you can enjoy it without the addiction part of yep. it. Yes. So the part that I want the viewers and the listeners to understand is the fantasy and reality. When, when does, when does that click? Like, is there, is there something in the body or in, in the mind that will say, you know, this is not healthy anymore? Uh, well, I think that's something we have to tune into on our own. You know, that's kind of one of the tips I give people when they're starting, when they're, when they're attempting to gauge for themselves, is this, is this a ha healthy habit or healthy behavior? You know, um, for a lot of guys like, you know, myself and men that we work with, you know, it's like for many of us, you know, pornography use, regular pornography use, regular pornography consumption kind of leads this ickiness on the soul, on the spirit, on the mind, you know, on the psyche. Um, so I, I think we have to really determine like, what is the effect? Like, how does it make me feel? That's, that's the best way to judge if it's healthy or not is like, how do I feel afterward? Do I feel uplifted and joyful and light yeah. and free and good about myself or, or not, you know? And I think it's important to, important to dissect, you know, is, is, is that some conditioning that I have around my sexuality or is it because that maybe I've just been binging for four hours watching stuff that really doesn't align with, who I am or the man that I want to be, or maybe ways that I want to be acting. And I've just kind of devoted all this energy into this big, you know, this big black hole. And now I'm feeling, I'm left feeling disconnected, weird, awkward, unhealthy, and, and all the stuff that oftentimes comes up around it. So we have to kind of gauge for ourselves. Um, I know for me, even, even a little bit of porn consumption just 
it throws me off energetically. It's like, you know, any any kind of low vibe, dense, dense, dense energy. You know, for me, it's just it's just not healthy. So we have to really gauge that for ourselves. I think, Liz. So, so any type of porn, like any like amateur porn or advanced porn, is a turnoff for you? It's not a turnoff. It's just that I, I just, it's, it's just not healthy for me. Uh, okay. Where, where it kind of takes me and the time I spend on it and the energy I spend on it, psychically, energetically, physically, mentally, it's not just a quick little snip for me. It just turns into more, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so for me. It, it's like, and, and then the after effect, the, the emotional, I think, energetic impact afterwards is just not healthy. Yeah. So for me, like complete uh, porn abstinence is what I've um, come to understand is, is really where I need to be. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's necessarily like that for everybody. So for the viewers out there and the listeners, what is porn abstinence? Porn abstinence is, is total freedom from porn. Like if I'm abstinent from pornography, it means I don't view pornography. It's like I don't try and maintain a moderate relationship with it. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, if someone's abstinent from alcohol, it means they don't drink, you know, they just kind of recognize that abstinence is, is the path for me. You know, we incorporate into our, our program and our process, the work of refuge recovery, which is a mindfulness based approach to um, recovery from addiction. And it's, and it's all about abstinence. It just recognizes that again, the alcoholic probably can't casually drink anymore. You know what I mean? So if, if we identify that this is, is an unhealthy behavior or activity for us, then complete and total abstinence is really, really the, the, the ultimate path that we're aspiring for. You're making really good. I mean, as you're, as you're sharing Matt, I'm understanding a little bit more on, on, on the reason why you do what you do, why you created porn to purpose and that for the viewers and listeners out there that are watching now or that will be watching later and you're watching the replay if you have any questions at all, you can reach out to Matt and, and they can reach you in, at what locations, Matt? Yes. Um, so two of the easiest ways to find me, one on Facebook, we have the uh, private group, men only, uh, called Porn to Purpose. You can just search Porn to Purpose on Facebook and you'll find the group. Um, we also have a like a business page, but so you want to look for the group. And uh, you can also email me direct if you just want to connect directly. Maybe you don't, you're not on Facebook or you don't want to go that avenue. You want to be a little more um, discreet about it initially. You can email me at makingpeacewithporn at gmail.com. And for the viewers that are watching, uh, the links have been put up so you can see them in the stream here. And you can reach out to Matt. Matt, any final words that you would like to tell the viewers and listeners out there about porn and why it is important to uh, reach out yeah i mean i guess i would just say liz that <clears throat> you know there are a couple things that we offer to someone who um uh, again my stance is not that it's wrong for everybody and i think i made that clear here today um again just for some people it's just not healthy and and it leads to more and oftentimes we don't see the correlations like there's like hidden issues with it just like maybe when you're younger you don't realize why it's important to drink a lot of water until you start drinking more water. Then you realize how good it feels to be hydrated, you know, or you don't really realize the harmful effects of cigarettes until you smoke a lot. And then you start to kind of recognize that, Hey, it's a drag on my energy, you know, and I don't like the way it makes me feel maybe, or just different stuff like that. Same with porn. You know, when we're younger, you know, we have maybe more resilience around it, or we just don't have the awareness around it. We don't really see the way that it affects us 
you know? But I think as we grow, um, we, we can begin to see more and more that for some of us, it's just not a good fit. And a couple of ways I like to gauge that, Liz, are one, first and foremost, as I kind of shared here today, is really gauging how does it make you feel? Do you notice afterwards that you're feeling energetically uplifted and joyful and inspired? Or do you feel that there's an energetic drag afterwards, maybe for a couple of days or a couple of weeks even, you know? So really gauging, I think, the emotional and energetic experience around it and just be really honest with yourself. Just observe before and after. How, how, how do you feel? Another way to kind of gauge that for yourself, Liz, I think is, is, um, is it something that you've told yourself you're going to quit? You've, you've tried to quit, right? You've determined that it was something you wanted to remove from your life, but you've been unsuccessful. You continued to return. You know, and you've been unsuccessful in, in maintaining that for yourself. And number three, is it something that you have to keep secret in your own life? Is it something that you have to hide? Is it something you have to keep a secret from your spouse or your partner? If, if they knew about it, would it be an issue? Are you comfortable handing over your phone or your web browser has uh, web browser history right now uh, to your partner? Or is it something you have to have kind of a, a smaller, contracted, kind of uh, hidden energy uh, around in your life? I don't think that's ever a healthy way to go about life. So those would be a couple indicators. And if so, it may be worth exploring, um, getting some support around it. And a great place to start is, is oftentimes just getting into some community around it and getting around others who are also on this path. So how do we bring awareness to this topic besides the conversation that we're having today? Oh, you know, I think, I think having the conversation that we're having today, you know, me doing my work and being public about my journey, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of websites, there's a lot of resources out there, but I think just continuing to have these conversations, Liz, and um, again, I'm not out there saying porn is bad, you know what I mean? But I'm out there sharing my journey, and I'm out there saying for those for those of you that um, maybe recognize that it may be an issue, we're here to support with that. So I think just continuing the conversation, Liz. Well, I think I, I think staying engaged, right, and yeah. understanding, and it's okay to speak on things that are uncomfortable. You know, because yeah. I think that that's number one thing with uh, this year with Tea Time with Miss Liz is going to be some very uncomfortable conversations. But those are conversations that need to be spoken about because I think we keep it in the silence too long. And that's what causes a lot of the trauma and triggers and and, you know, not being aware. How do we change anything when we're not aware of it? Absolutely. You know, if we don't have awareness that there is possibility of changes, we can't make changes if we don't know them. Right. Absolutely. So, again, uh, if you'd like to reach out to Matt, you can get him on his Facebook group, uh, Porn to Purpose, and also Making Peace with Purpose, uh, Making Peace with Porn. So, again, thank you, Matt. But before we close up this tea time, I want to lighten it up before we close up because I don't like to leave a tea time really heavy because tea, tea that's heavy is not good, but right. tea that is light is good. So, I want to find out your favorite color and why is it your favorite color? Okay. Yeah. So I think blue green is, is my, is my color, maybe like an ocean, an ocean blue or an ocean green, um, blue and green have been colors that always have appealed to me. I think just energy energetically in the way that it feels. And when I kind of envision my aura, you know, um, those are kind of the colors that I see for myself and I find myself drawn to peaceful, soothing colors. I like that. And, yeah. and I like that you, you lighten it up before you laughed. You let you brought peace to the room before you before you leave the team. Thank you. And I, and that's what we need to do is we need to lighten up 
you know, not be so serious all the time. Mm -hmm. We are talking about serious topics here, but we need to lighten it up as well, because when it gets too heavy, then it doesn't solve anything. It just brings more heaviness. So for all the viewers and listeners out there that have tuned in today and that are watching the replay, if you have any questions at all, you can reach out to me, Miss Liz, or you can reach out to Matt Sinkovich. That's right. I, I said it right. You got so it, I got it. It's like a Ritz cracker. That's right. <laughs> so I want to thank you all for tuning in today and joining me. And I will be back on the 19th at 10 a.m. And you will see me bouncing around with times because I am working with different guests from around the world. And I am bringing in a man who will be sharing his self-care story on how self-love is important and he's coming in from israel so his time is going to be 5 p.m his time 10 a.m my time because there's a seven hour difference so for anybody who would like to tune into that tea time that will be january 19th then on the 22nd i have uh, mariah harris coming in and she's coming in from walsh so again we will be working with time zones so you will see different time zones for tea time so if you're asking that particular time that you will hear tea time you won't get a particular time most tea times will be 3 p.m but there will be some morning tea times and there will be some evening tea times and matt i really want to thank you for joining me for the launch show of 2022 and bringing season three to life because this is what we do we bring life we plant and we put the seeds in the ground like matt mentioned earlier you know pulling those weeds out and putting new seeds in and making a difference. So again, I really want to thank each and every one of you, the viewers out there. If you are watching, please push hashtag uh, replay and let me know where you're tuning in from. If you're tuning in from YouTube, Facebook and anything like that. And Matt, any final words before we close up this tea time? No, I think that's everything lives. I say go out there and uh, do your best and live your best life. Take another step every day, be a little bit better every day. That's my motto. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to all the viewers out there. I will see you January 19th, 10 a.m. for a new tea time with Miss Liz.